0: Hey this is Caleb Cole pastor of Project Church in Sacramento and man I am so excited for you to hear this word I believe God is going to encourage you strengthen you and challenge you through it so get ready to receive from God today I want to welcome you all again uh, my name is Lauren and I'm so excited just to to share with you an encouragement from God's Word so you may be here and it's not normally a thing to come to church but I'm so thankful you have and I want to tell you that you may find yourself here and and you're wondering why am I here? There is a reason why you're here, and God knew that you were going to be here for this purpose, so that you will see who God really is. And I think today is really about finding this truth. And you could take your 3D glasses off. I don't know if you're still wearing them, but uh, but because uh, it's actually kind of hard to see you, to be honest with. You. But um, but my prayer is that that you will see this truth. That the reason we have today. This Easter, it's actually a national holiday, is because this truth that He rose from the grave, that there was an empty tomb, it changes everything. It changes everything. So I don't know if you you can think about things that have happened in your life that changed everything. I look back on my life. There's been some things that have negatively impacted my life that changed everything. Some mediocre things, and there've been some good things. So I want to I want to tell you a good thing real quick. Is when I was 16 years old. The thing that sh- it felt like it unlocked all this potential for me and it literally changed how, it changed my daily life, that's for sure, is that I got my driver's license. I was 16 years old, right? And that changed everything. Because before, what did I have to do? I had to ask for a ride if I wanted to go anywhere. And I was just like kind of stuck. And when I got my driver's license and it kind of like slowly set in, and realizing, whoa, I have so much freedom, and some of it was uh, too much freedom because a 16-year-old doesn't always make good choices. Um, If you remember being 16, you probably could say, yeah, I wasn't always super conscientious about making the right decision, but I ended up okay, all right, so, um, but, but I was thinking about that in the way that it changed everything, and it changed everything in my life, but this truth is actually even a bigger deal. And so here's, here's the message for you today in kind of a nutshell. It's this, is that when you embrace the truth, when you fully embrace and see the truth that Jesus rose from the grave, that it changes everything. That 2,000 years ago, it changed everything because it changed how we relate to God. See, it was a very significant thing that happened when he died, but when he rose again. Because here's the biggest difference that it made. See, up until that point, Jesus was living his life. Up to Over 30 years, he was alive, living just as a normal person. And people saw him as a human. And then he started claiming that he was not only human, not only a man, but he was God. And he was preaching this gospel. He was teaching God's word in a new way that people didn't really like. And then he eventually claimed he was God. And people didn't like that either. So what did they do? On Friday, they crucified him. They crucified him for claiming that he was God. And, then he, and he died a painful death. He was put in a borrowed tomb. And he rose from the grave on the third day. And the thing that, make, that sets that apart, what makes the biggest difference with that truth is that it made him not just a person that taught, that performed some miracles and died. Otherwise, he's just another guy, but this makes him the son of God. It makes him God, not just a man, not just a person that lived and did some, perform some miracles and lived and crucified and was, had some good things to say, but this means that Jesus is God. And what that means for you is that he took that punishment, he took the penalty for sin on his shoulders and made a way for you to have fellowship with God. And, you, and that is a huge thing because that means the penalty for sin is on his shoulders and we can have fellowship with God and eternity with God. And so I believe this is a lot of us, and we, maybe this isn't news to you, a lot of us have heard these words before, but I believe a lot of us aren't living like we believe these words. We don't have the perspective of the empty tomb. So I want to talk to us about going through this passage where Mary and her other friend named Mary, we call them the Marys, they came to the tomb and their, expression, their process of coming and then seeing the empty tomb, because I believe some of us have the perspective of the Marys before they saw the empty tomb. Some of us are living our lives with this weight on our shoulders because we aren't living with the perspective of the empty tomb. So today on Easter Sunday, I'm reminding you, or I'm telling you for the first time, that you need to embrace the truth that there was an empty tomb, that Jesus rose from the grave, and as a result of that, we can walk in freedom. So here's a here's deal. It's a big deal um, because it's a national holiday and we can, we can look at this and see how it changed everything in our lives. And a lot of us put our trust in other things. But when you put your trust, when you put, put all of your hope and in, in your security is in this truth of Jesus being the Son of God, being that, that resurre- and, and resurrecting and coming for you, it changes everything. And so... I could go through some evidence. I like, I'm, I like uh, science, and I like arguing. I like debating about things. I think there's a difference between arguing and debating. Uh, but I like finding out that like usually, a lot of people think science and uh, faith are like this, opposed to each other. But I love studying into his, history. Also, we think like history and, and Christian faith like, argue with each other, too. But what I love finding is just the evidence that Jesus rose from the, from the grave. See, there's this uh, professor that after studying history more and more, this is what he said. He said, I tell you that the evidence for the life, for the death, and the resurrection of Christ is better authenticated than most of the facts of ancient history. See, there was a Roman soldier placed at the, at the edge of the tomb, guarding it. And that Roman soldier was faced with death if he didn't do a good job. So that was his motivation. The Roman soldiers were very motivated to do a good job because if not, they would die. And so you know that he was in place. So that's a pretty uh, pretty good fact right there. And there was a, he appeared to over 500 witnesses. And so if you were to bring this into account of a court of law, that holds pretty solid that 500 witnesses saw Jesus after he was dead and then he was alive. So that obviously points to the resurrection. But some, we, I could go through the full list and explain in detail about how this is a historical fact and historical event. But until you experience Jesus and make it personal then you're not going to see with the empty tomb mindset and you're going to still have this weight on your shoulders and you're not going to be living with freedom. So that's what we're talking about today. Here's, here's the story of the two women who went to the tomb and saw the empty tomb. And, um, and I believe it's going to bring, uh, break some chains and bring freedom today. So uh, you can follow along in your Bibles or it'll be on the screen as well. We're reading in Matthew starting in uh, verse 62 of chapter 27. So this is what it says. The next day, that is after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said while he was still alive, he said, after three days I will rise. That was Jesus claiming that he will rise again three days, prophesying and speaking it out. And so, therefore, order, we should, they had a backup plan. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day. See, they were trying to stop God's plan. They were trying to, trying to, trying to put a block up in what God had planned for. And said, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead. And so they were trying to fabricate, they were saying, what if they try to fabricate this and make it a hoax? And so we got to put a stop to that. We'll guard it and do it a little better. So, And the last fraud will be worse than the first. So Pilate said to him, you have a guard of soldiers. So not just one soldier, but multiple soldiers put into place and go make it as secure as you can. And so as we were reading this and as myself and Caleb uh, were preparing for this message, we thought it was so interesting that the enemy was trying to seal the tomb as good as he can, trying to stop what God was doing as, as good as he can, trying to seal the deal on the situation. And we felt like that's what the enemy does to us often. So this is kind of a side note on the full spectrum of the message, but I wanna encourage somebody that the enemy often wants to seal the deal with your faith. He wants to seal the deal in where you're at, in your perspective. He wants to seal the deal that you see a closed tomb, that you live with that weight, and you do not experience the freedom. He wants to do everything he can to to stop you from seeing the truth of the empty tomb. So maybe some of us had some some, uh, opposition in getting here. Your kids were screaming at you, I don't want to go to church! Well, that is a sign that, hey, you need to get to church because the enemy will use anything he can to get you to, 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 to not see the truth of Jesus' resurrection. And so I want to encourage someone today that don't be stuck because Jesus rose from the grave and the enemy's plans didn't actually stand a chance. Let's look. Let's keep going. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. And then Matthew 28, verses 1 through 6 Now after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, the two Marys, went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes was white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, "Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for He has risen, as He said. Come, see the place where He lay. I want to invite you to do that same thing. Although we we're not able to go there physically right now, but I want you to invite you to come and see for yourself. Come and experience Jesus. He's alive today. He is not dead." Come and see that he is alive, that he has risen. And that's my prayer. I want to look at this process, how, how Mary and the Mary went to see the empty tomb and the process of how everything changed for them, that these words changed everything, that he is risen, changed everything for them, and it will change your life. Let's look at this. Number one, this is results in the comparison of coming with a shut tomb mindset and then seeing with the open tomb mindset. So we often come in a different way and our perspective affects everything. And I want to encourage you to have the open tomb mindset, to see with the open tomb mindset. The first thing I noticed about these, these women, about coming, they thought the tomb was closed. They thought this is, the, this is my life. They had fear. They were living in fear. Even when they saw the angel, they were, they were fearful. And here's the thing about fear. It always thinks the worst. Try to think of the worst case scenario, and that's what you can come up with. And it's interesting what our mind's capable of doing, right? I actually looked up some random fears. You know they have names for all these different fears? Like there's a fear of the color yellow. It's a real thing. So the fear of the color yellow is called xanthophobia. And also, uh, there is the fear of cheese. Legit. It's called turophobia. And the fear of being tickled by feathers is called pentanerophobia. And the fear of gravity. How are you supposed to escape that? I mean, you have to go to outer space to avoid gravity. The fear of gravity is called barophobia. And here's another one that you can't really escape because everyone's got one. It's the fear of the navel. Ophlamophobia. Is the fear of the belly button? Everyone's got a belly button. How are you? How are you living in fear of your own belly button? Nomophobia means fear. Oh, this is this is real. Some of you all got this. You need Jesus. Fear of being without mobile phone coverage. Just there's the fear of dentists. Any dentists in the house today? Fear of dentists. Oh, everyone's like, no. Fear of dentists means uh, is dentophobia. And there's this last one I think is funny: is phobophobia means the fear of fears. So our mind can go places and create these situations that are irrational. Really, we think we think narrow-minded. We think worst-case scenario. When we have the shut tomb mindset. Because we don't have the freedom that comes from seeing the open tomb. When we see the open tomb, what happens? Put it up there. We have courage. He replaces that fear with courage. He gives us courage because we can have courage when we see the end of the story. See, I've been watching some playoff basketball games. And sometimes I have this nervous anxiety as I'm watching because I don't know how it's going to end. And there's a big difference between watching it live and then watching it uh, rerun or watching after the fact after I've seen the end score of the game and I'm just watching it to see it play out. I want to tell you, when you see an open to mindset, you see the end score, and God wins. You can see the end score, and you can realize, hey, God's won, and he's won for me. He has conquered death, and so as a result, he's given that victory to me, and I can walk in that victory, and I can have courage and not have fear. I can face tomorrow, because tomorrow I can wake up, and I I can have a million reasons why I can fear something. I can find a million things I can fear and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen the next week or next year or anything, but I walk every day out with courage, intentional choice to say I don't have a reason to fear because I know the end of the story. I know my eternal destination. I know these truths that Jesus died, and he rose for me, and he has forgiven me of my sin, and that I have a eternal destination in heaven with him. And because of those truths, I have no reason to fear. Fear has crippled us. Fear is crippling some of us today because we're not living and we're not seeing with an open to mindset. Today, embrace that truth and take on courage. Second thing is this, is to come with an open to mindset means we're going to have doubt. So actually the disciples here in this picture aren't even, aren't even here. They didn't even want to go to the tomb because they were doubting. They, were, they had three years with this person spending time in ministry following an individual named Jesus and committing their life. Jesus came up to them and said, follow me. And they said, okay, we're going to follow you. And they followed him out for, the, for three years of Jesus' ministry. And then he died. And he said he was coming back to life. But where were they at? They were doubting. And often we, when we go through hardship, when it doesn't look like God's plan is coming true for our life, we immediately go to doubt. We immediately say, man, I guess God wasn't really in this. We immediately say, like, well, God doesn't really care about me. We start to doubt God's goodness for our lives. We start to make up all these reasons why God doesn't actually care about us. And I want to encourage you in the midst of hardship is when you should embrace the truth that you know the enemy wants to seal those deals. He wants to seal the tomb and he wants to take advantage of that doubt coming in. And what, what Jesus wants to do when you see with the open to mindset, he will take this doubt and he'll bring you back to the truth. That no, hey, maybe life, he, he never promised me things are going to be perfect. He never promised me life would be free from hardship. Actually, the opposite. He said, hey, you will experience hardship, but take faith because I am with you. So in the midst of doubt, we need to embrace the truth. And in the midst of doubt, that's when our faith really comes alive. And, and he wants to give you faith when you see with an open tomb mindset. When you do that, you'll be able to conquer that doubt which cripples us. Number three is this, is results when we come with a shut tomb mindset is is sorrow. Um, The women were actually going to this tomb because they were sorrowful. They were mourning. They were so brokenhearted about the situation that happened because they loved Jesus and they were saying, man, he died. And so they were going, just like you would go to a cemetery for a relative or a loved one and, and mourning over them. And so they walked up with the closed-to mindset with sorrow, but they left there joyful. They left there with joy in their hearts. Matthew 28 says, in verse 8, they said, they came to the tomb to mourn, but they left rejoicing. Some of us came in here with a closed-to mindset. We're thinking about all the things that aren't so great in our lives. And we're thinking about all the reasons, man, I, I have a reason to be sorrowful today. But he replaces that sorrow with joy. Let me tell you, there's a lot of reasons why I can come up and say, man, my life isn't that great. There's a lot of things I don't have. There's a lot of reasons I can come up to say, man, when I wake up in the morning, I just want to have sorrow. I just want to say, man, life isn't that great. But I want to tell you something, that a lot of us have this thing confused with joy and happiness. See, a lot of us, even, we are even told in the description of, uh, in the Constitution, the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And we're trying to obtain this happiness thing. But this happiness is, is different than joy because happiness depends on what's happening. Happiness is circumstantial, and people will let you down. The things that you're putting your hope in, the things that you're hoping that will make you happy will let you down. It's just only a matter of time. But when you put your faith, when you put your trust, when you put your hope into Jesus, He will never let you down. And that joy, nothing can take that from you. Nothing can take away that joy in your life. Nothing can take away the the joy in your heart because you know it's based on Jesus who said, I will never change. He says, I'm the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to start with you. I've, I've been thousands of years faithful with staying the same, and I'm not about to start with you. He will never let you down. And so some of us are experiencing just this sorrow. We, we're lacking our joy. Maybe you wouldn't describe yourself as sorrowful. Maybe you would, but you definitely wouldn't describe yourself as joyful. I want to encourage you to see with an open tomb mindset, to see that Jesus has risen from the grave, and that is a reason to be joyful. It's a reason to say, God, thank you every day when you wake up. Man, I have a joy every day, not based on my finances, not based on on anything because all those things will fluctuate. But I have a joy based on Jesus dying for me, raising from the grave, and nothing can take that away. So today you have a reason to be joyful no matter what. The last thing is this, and I pray this speaks to you, is that we have hopelessness when we come with a shut tomb mindset. They were holding their heads low. The women walking up, not only was there fear and doubt and sorrow, but there was also this hopelessness that they had in their heart. They were, they were hanging their hands, heads low. And I don't know if you've ever experienced something like this where just something hits you and it just sucks the wind out, sucks all the energy and all of the hope out of your situation. And you just walk in and you say, man, I have no hope. I feel hopeless. I don't have, I'm not positive. I'm not um, optimistic about the situation. I'm just hopeless. And that's what they were doing. They had no idea what was going to happen next. They, they, they had this huge disappointment. And I feel like a lot of times in our lives, disappointment and how we handle disappointment specifically is, is, is really what tests our faith, It really tests who we are. Because we can come to church and say, yeah, I'm a Christian. We cannot even go to church and say, I'm a Christian, I believe in God. But when hardship hits, when something you weren't expecting to happen happens in a negative way, and you say, God, why did this happen? When hardship hits, that really tests out what you believe. So some of us have put our hope in money. Some of us have put our hope in people, in relationships we have, but people will let you down, money will let you down, the stock market's gonna change, your job's gonna change. We put our security in these things. We put our hope, we put all our eggs in this basket to say, I hope this works out. And when those things don't work out the way we have, we find ourselves totally lost. We find ourselves hopeless. We find ourselves walking up to this tomb that we were putting all our hope in and we say, man, this didn't work out the way I wanted it to. I wanna just encourage you today what this means, what I'm talking about today, what what it looks like to live this out and see with an open-to mindset is to really embrace this truth. This is the most powerful truth of mankind is to know that Jesus died and that he rose again and he did it for you. That is the big, best, yeah, let's give it up for that. That's the best truth in mankind history. And so I, I, I'm preaching for two reasons. One, to either remind you of that truth or 1 to tell you of that truth, that you need to embrace it That you need to live that way That you need to see that way an empty tomb, you need to see that there's an empty tomb and that there's no reason to fear because there's an empty tomb There's no reason to doubt because there's an empty tomb There's no reason to have sorrow because there's an empty tomb and there's no reason to have hopelessness because there is an empty tomb I wanted to remind somebody of that today. That's a powerful truth and I, I've, I was compelled today to speak on this subject and lay it out the way I did because I feel like so many of us are weighed down by all these things. And the reason we're weighed down is because we're letting it weigh us down. See, Jesus has opened the door and he's not gonna force himself on you, but he's gonna say, I'm here for you if you need me. And he's saying like, hey, this, there's, there's a better way. He's opening the door and just saying, hey, do you want to see this way? And seeing this way may, means you everything changes. Everything changes when you see this way. So I'm praying today. I was praying all week long and actually months leading up to this day, specifically on Easter, for this message that people will be set free in Jesus' name. People will be set free from these fears. I don't want to live in fear. I know you don't want to live in fear. You don't want to live in doubt. You don't want to live with sorrow. You don't want to live with hopelessness. And and, and that's our mission as Project Church. We're leading people to find life and freedom in Jesus. There's nothing special about me or anybody at our church. There's just something special about who we're pointing you to and saying, hey, I want to let you know that Jesus is here and you don't have to live in fear. And so I want to pray for you today. And I pray that this encourages us today. Maybe you have a lot of family plans. I want to encourage you that you don't walk out of here with the, the rest of the day before you get right with Jesus. Because the, the here's the other thing that was on there. I know I put the scripture up there. Is that is that uh, the whole purpose of this, if we live with a mindset that, he, that it's a shut tomb, that he didn't rise from the grave, but when we see the empty tomb, that means our sins are forgiven. So here's an important truth, is that is that our sin is the one thing that can separate us from God. And like I said, he's here just waiting. He says, hey, I'm here if you need it. All he asks us to do is to say, is to call on the name of the Lord. And it says, and then all will be saved. All will be saved who call on the name of the Lord. And some of us just today need to call on the name of the Lord. Some of us today need to find that freedom from sin. Some of us today need to be set free from the bondage of sin, which is the separation from God, which is spiritual death. But he says, I'm giving you life and fellowship with, with him and eternity with him in heaven, a place for you, that you know that your eternal destination, that when you die, that he says, No, I have saved you a place in heaven. And he doesn't ask you to go get your life right. He doesn't ask you to go, okay, go make sure that you're good. But he says, No, I, I love you just the way you are. And I took the penalty of that sin. I took the penalty of that sin. You don't need to go try to try to make up for it and try to balance out the good and the bad. That's poor theology. That's what the Pharisees thought, that they could do good enough that they could do good enough to make their way to heaven. But I don't know about you, but I've done some stuff that I regret. And there's no way I can balance out the do the good with the bad and the do the more, it just doesn't add up. Because scripture says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In Romans 6.23, the penalty of sin is death. And that's the beauty and the love that he has for god to love the world that he gave his only son so that none may perish but have everlasting life have eternal life in him and so i want to pray for us today god is here with you would you bow your head we hope this word encouraged you today if you haven't heard we recently purchased a building in old sacramento this is going to be the permanent home of project church we are here to stay in sacramento but I wanted to ask you if you would consider giving, uh, donating to help make this vision come to fruition. You can go to www.projectchurch.com believe to see more about the building and to donate. God bless you and let's see what God can do through us.